everyone and welcome back to another episode of Deets with Dita. I'm your host Nandita and today is super duper exciting, right? I say that like <laughs> I am genuinely really excited about this because this is the first part in a four to potentially five part series of me just rambling on about one of my favorite things in the world, Marvel. That's right. MCU. We're covering MCU phase one this episode. We're gonna go with phase two, phase three, potentially the future as well of Marvel. Um, so this is the first installment of that series. Um, and if you're not too into Marvel, don't worry. It's not gonna be completely back to back these episodes. We're gonna have like a Marvel episode and something um, in between to kind of like break it up a little bit. Um, so I'm super excited to do this episode because I think the reason why Marvel resonates so much to me is because of, I guess, I basically grew up with it, you know? Like, I remember some of my earliest memories of going to the cinema was to watch Marvel films, which is crazy. And I think it's important for me to acknowledge that because I think without the MCU, I would not have, I guess, explored different actors because a lot of the films that I found from like non-franchise films were because the actors from the MCU were in them. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That looks interesting. Let me check that out. And that's kind of what like developed me or like made me want to explore more films, right? So I have the MCU to thank for my love of films, I guess, and my obsession and passion for it. So in this episode, as I said, we're going to be talking about Phase 1 Marvel. This includes Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America the First Avenger, and The Avengers. So six films, and um, I will just basically, I won't go into too much of the plot because I feel like everyone by now if you haven't seen Marvel films like come on what are you doing I mean if you don't like them that's a different story but if you haven't seen them and they're like your cup of tea what are you doing you need to watch them definitely go and watch them all they're all on Disney plus bar one which I'll get into um and yeah enjoy the episode because we we've got we've got a lot of thoughts and a lot of um interesting opinions that I have on Marvel films (laughs) Just a pre-warning into this episode, um, and for all the MCU episodes going forward, I will be spoiling all Phase 1 films, right? Um, So I won't be spoiling Phase 2, Phase 3, like whatever, until we get there. But in this episode, all there is going to be spoilers for every single film that I mention in this episode. So be pre-warned and make sure you watch the films before you listen to this. Or you can just listen to it if you just want spoilers on the MCU. So... Let's start off with the granddaddy of Marvel films, as we would like to call it, which is Iron Man, the one that kicked it all off. And basically, we have to thank for this whole thing. So Iron Man, um, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, absolutely magnificent. And I think because I rewatched all these films before, because I've seen these films like many, many times before. Um, being the Marvel nerd that I am. And I decided before I do this episode, let me just give myself a refresh on all the the um, all the films. And I watched this one, and this one I was like the most 
of the phase one films, the most pleasantly surprised that I still enjoyed it as much as I did, like, the first time or the second time or whatever. Like, no matter how many times I see this film, I will always enjoy it because, I don't know, it makes me excited when I think Iron Man. It makes me so excited because it kicked off the whole thing. He's, he's such a interesting character as well because he's not your, like, stereotypical... Um, like, what you would see as, like, a Superman-esque type hero, like, the the trying-to-be-perfect type thing. He has a lot of flaws, and a lot of them are established early on within the film. And I think that's super interesting that they have a character complicated like that, but also can appeal to, like, a child market, because bear in mind, like, I... This film came out, I want to say 2009. Let's, let's do a Google. Oh, one year off. Okay, 2008. <laughs> you know what? I give myself that. I'm still giving myself that. But he is just... I don't know. I think one thing I would like to say about this film, though, is um, the character Jensen. Um, I think he's a very, very important character. Not just in this film, but I think throughout Tony's entire character arc. Jensen, the fact that he died, um, and the fact that he basically helped Tony, like, with his whole shrapnel and in his heart, and, like, basically helped him escape, it's just, it's, like, it's so powerful and impactful to him that I feel like it's kind of a driving force in the back of his head. Like, you know, like, a Pinocchio-style, like, Jiminy Cricket, like, a conscience, like, type person in your head, um... I feel like Jensen is that to Tony Stark, even though we may not directly see it, like, through what he says in the films, but his actions definitely display that as as we go on. Like, Iron Man 2, different story, we'll talk about that, but, like, throughout the other MCU films, you can see that journey and him changing, and it's so cool. Um, another thing I want to say, Obadiah, you know, the villain in the film Ironmonger, He's alright, you know? I mean, he's he's there, he's a villain, he's a good villain to, like, kick it off with. Um, he's not amazing, he's not, like, the the best villain I've seen. Um, but still, I respect, I respect, um, like, the character that he was presented as. Um, and what I liked about this film as well is it felt like it was a film meshed together from two parts. So you had, like, the cave bit, and, like, him uh, basically pre-discovering, like, the Iron Man stuff and basically having a life crisis. Um, and then post-life crisis, you know? And you see that change very quickly. And I don't know. It, it made me very happy. And, you know, Jon Favreau, the director, like, he's so cool. He played Happy Hogan in it as well, if you guys didn't know. Um, he, he is all levels of iconic. We do love a bit of Jon Favreau um, MCU films, yeah. He, he definitely knows how to do it. And I couldn't have asked for a better person to, you know, kick this off. So that's all I really have to say about Iron Man. Let's move on to The Incredible Hulk. Um, and this is going to be a very, very short segment. Um, and that's because when I was re trying to rewatch all these films, um, I realised when I was on Disney Plus that... The Incredible Hulk is not on there. And, you know, I can understand why. 
Marvel are like, the actor is not the same anymore. You know, we don't believe that this film is canon anymore with the MCU franchise because it's just, it's just very different. So we, they've just decided, you know what? We'll just, we'll just forget it ever happened. And you know what? I am very for that. I would like to forget that this film ever happened. Like, I couldn't even rewatch it for this episode because I couldn't find it and I didn't want to pay money to watch this film. Um, and it's, from what I remember of the film, is like he had a little wristband type thing that could check his, um, his heart rate. So that was the way to indicate whether he was going to turn into the Incredible Hulk or not. And then, like... You had um, the Abomination, which, I mean, the name fits well with the way he looks. It's quite, quite atrocious. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't really have anything much to say. I don't want to keep babbling on about me just being very confused about this film. But I refuse to believe that it's canon anymore. Right, so we're getting into the juicy MCU films now. And by juicy, I mean... This one was just not great. And I think out of, I think if we bar The Incredible Hulk, like this along with another film that I'm gonna talk about, like definitely are not the best of, of the phase one roster. And I, uh, yeah. And um, it's Iron Man 2. Now Iron Man 2 is that, the Iron Man film, which basically is just not great. Like I don't, it's just not great. There are only a few things that save it for me, but before I get into those, let's talk about, um, you know, why it's bad. Um, so, the villains, right? And I say villains because there's two, right? Hammer and Ivan, like, they just don't mesh well together. And I think, I guess that was, like, the point. But, you know, I couldn't see the point, you know? Um... They were two very different characters and their interactions felt very obscure and not like something that you would typically see. So like when you're looking at a film and when you're watching a film, like you want to be able to believe that these two are having natural conversations as natural as it can be in like an action sci-fi-esque type film. But it just didn't feel natural at all. And like it felt very like you basically push these two, you're trying to push these two characters together and it didn't work, and for that I have to say, like, if I'm not convinced by the two villains in this film, what is the point? Like, honestly. Um, and I just have a really random question, right? So I was watching this film, and I don't know where Ivan is actually based, because you know he does, like, the whole, like, uh, brooding because his dad died, and, like, um, he's starting to make, like, the, the whiplash suit, and, uh, he how did he okay how did he get his his whiplash suit into monaco like i know this is like such a bizarre thing but like how how would that get through customs like how would you explain that like oh yeah this is like a suit that like has electric like electric charges that you can like whip people with and it's like so cool and like def definitely could be a threat to national security and the customs guard is just like, I cool, you go, you can go through. And it's just like, I, what? That's just, that was just a thing that when I was rewatching, I was like, how did he get it to Monaco, you know? Because I, I feel like Ivan was based in Russia, right? And like, 
my geography is not not correct but mon monaco right where is monaco oh okay so monaco is a country in europe okay my geography skills are really bad but it's near is it near france it's it's bordered by france northeast west right so yeah if it's near france how is it getting like how is he getting his suit from russia to france it just doesn't make sense to me um i don't know it was a very bizarre thing that i thought about um so another thing that i just didn't like was um tony stark you have to acknowledge he's a super smart person but in this film he was just such a jerk and i feel like that was the point but it just it felt like they were shoving it too much in my face that he's basically a jerk and i didn't like that i it got tired very quickly i was just kind of waiting for the turning point where he just stops being a jerk and like the fact that i had to wait like quite a while for that you know it kind of lost me um kind of became uninteresting like especially the um fighting scene like with Rhodey. uh oh that's another thing they changed roadies um but that's like a minor thing um i think but <laughs> like Rhodey and him like and tony are basically having a fight and i love it because he asked the dj to play some songs now this was just a little thing that i found and i found it really funny and interesting is that they played during that fight scene two songs that phase three marvel like it is associated with phase three marvel right i don't think it was intentional but watch marvel be like oh we we definitely made it intentional you know everything has been building up to phase three. yeah okay no i definitely do not believe you but during their fight scene right they were um the first song that they the dj puts on is another one bites the dust cough 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 i'm not gonna say anything more because i don't want to uh incite spoilers but if that song doesn't resonate something with you about a phase three film then you know watch phase three films <laughs> that's all i have to say um and then the other film that they uh, the, uh not the other film gosh no the other song that they played um was it takes two no it takes two to make a good thing right i don't know i don't know i probably messed up the lyrics but that one that is in the trailer of Ant-Man and Wasp when, like, they are, like, doing some choreographed fight scenes and stuff uh, in the trailer. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> phase one, like, literally, Phase 1 Marvel is out here predicting the future for Phase 3 Marvel. I don't know. It baffled me. It made me like, ooh, wow, this is kind of interesting. Um, so, yeah, I got off tangent for a bit. I was talking about why Tony was a jerk. But, yeah, like, he, he, he just felt like he was just such a jerk for for majority of this film and it didn't sell me what did sell me though really saved this film for me it redeemed itself is that this was the film that black widow natasha romanoff got her debut and i have to say i loved it i'm here for it that's that basically made up the whole film for me what also made up the whole film is that he literally creates an element being a maths and like physics nerd after going to like a school purely for like maths and physics is like insane that he actually he just casually builds a particle accelerator right because like he makes he, what he makes in the film is a particle particle accelerator if you guys wanted to know and like he then like beams it and like 
he makes a new element. Like, I'm just like, what? This is insane. He's such a genius. And like, that, th those two things, like the particle accelerator element thing and like the fact that Black Widow was introduced in this film really do redeem this film for me. Other than that, I mean, it's a meh film. <laughs> so, speaking of meh films, as I said, um, we move on to a very forgettable film, uh, which is Thor. Yes, come for me. I don't care. Thor is an amazing character. On paper, he is an amazing character. But this film is actually the most forgettable Marvel film. I have done Marvel movie marathons for, for years now, right? Like, I did it in the run-up to Infinity War and I did it in the run-up to Endgame. Meaning I have seen, and I've just seen the Marvel films, like, just in general, like, for my enjoyment, right? Many times. Meaning I must have seen Thor, like, the first Thor film, a lot of times. But I still forget the plot to this film so badly. Every time I watch it, it's like I'm watching it for the first time. And like, I don't know whether that's a good thing or not, but I feel like it's a bad thing considering I've like seen this film a lot. Um, it's, oh, it's just like, I don't know. Like one thing that really, really shocked me when I watched this film was um, Hawkeye is introduced in this film. Yeah, yeah. Did you forget? Because I forgot too. Um, I was like, wait, what? Hawkeye's in this film? Where did he come? Why is he here? And I just had like a whole existential crisis. I had to pause the film and be like, what the heck is going on? Why is why is Hawkeye here? And um, yeah, maybe that's just my fault for, for having a fish brain. But I don't know. I just, it was, it was bizarre. I just, a lot of this film, I was like, whoa. Um, but the one thing I do remember, and I will always remember about this film, is because when I was younger, right, this is a little anecdote time, um, I watched this film on TV with my parents, and we were watching uh, Thor all together, and um, the, not the villain, because Loki's the villain, right, but the other, the thing that Loki sends to Earth, right, to kind of kill Thor, um, that thing gave me so many nightmares as a kid because bear in mind thor came out how old was i when thor came out you know it was 2011 so i must have been like nine years old so i was nine years old when this film came out and like if it was like on sky it must have been like what well, i must have been like 10 or something i was shook I was very scared by this, like, fire, like, attacking. We'll go with attacking. Fire attacking, like, creature being, extraterrestrial thing. Like, it was scarring for me. And uh, maybe that's why I have so many, like, forgotten memories about Thor. Because I just want, like, as a kid, it, it put this trauma in me. And I just didn't want to watch it anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, who knows? Who knows? But, um um other notable things i felt about this film uh bleached eyebrows i'm not gonna say more if you've if you've seen thor you understand what i mean and you understand the the, the traumatic stress that i've gone through seeing chris chris hemsworth with bleached blonde eyebrows you know it's just it's too much um but one thing there's one scene in this film that really gets me it's okay so the warriors three are in a room right and lady sif is there too and basically two of them are having an argument right 
And so the guy's like, how can you, your, your stuff in your face is you've eaten this, 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 and this. And you're not even like thinking about Thor. How can you be so inconsiderate, you know? And he's like having a go at him for basically eating a lot of food instead of like empathizing for Thor. And then, and then he gets up and he's like, don't mistake my hunger for empathy. <laughs> I just, I was sat there like, they greenlit this conversation in this film. What purpose did this conversation have? How did it advance the plot? It was, it was, it was, I was watching this like, what is this? Why is this a thing? Oh, I was so stressed. Um, overall, Thor is just, it's one of those films, you know? It's just forgettable. And, but I do, I have to admit, Chris Hemsworth is a good fit for Thor. Like, he definitely worked very hard to... To play his role right A and B to like grow the character in the future, which was super awesome. So now we're getting to the last few, and I think these ones are um I guess more of the stronger films in my opinion. So Captain America the First Avenger. Now I have a lot to say about this film. Um for starters, can we just take a moment of silence? Just for CGI Skinny Steve. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for those CGI artists who had to to actually just cut and paste his head onto that skinny body because it just looks so inconsistent in some scenes. And, like, it's difficult for, like, for the time it was released. Like, it was a difficult thing, you know? But it was just... Oh, God, no. It's just no. <laughs> um, It really is jarring. And then, But once you get past that, like, point from the film, everything's, like, smooth sailing. Um, in terms of, like, Chris Evans looking like Chris Evans, you know. Um, what else do I have to say? I have to say that um, there was one underrated character in this film. So when I was re-watching it, and that was the kid that gets thrown into the river. So, like... When Cap gets, like, his the serum injected in him and then, like, he becomes Captain America, um, he, like, runs across... He does, like, this whole chase scene for this Hydra agent. And the Hydra agent, like, takes the kid, right? He tries to shoot Captain America. He ran out of bullets. He throws the gun. And then he throws the kid into, like, a, a dock area, like, river dock area where there's ships. Um... And then he runs, he like bolts it, right? And then Captain America goes, because being Captain America, all noble and all that, he runs towards like the edge of the, the dock and he sees the kid. And the kid's like, it's okay, I can swim. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was. I'm really, I'm sorry. I apologize for that accent already. But he, he he's just like, I, it's okay, I can swim. And he just he swims off. And I'm just like, legend right there. That kid is the MVP, right? Most valued member or player of this whole MCU thing, you know? I feel like he deserves more credit. I don't know, you know? The kid, the kid really got to me this time around when I was watching this film. Um, another thing that I enjoyed was um, the Star Spangled song, you know? You know, when, like, Cap becomes, like, basically a poster boy for the war, like, getting people to buy bonds, which buys bullets, which is a... a, a buys a bullet for the man you're gonna I don't know there's a quote that says something like that 
and I've forgotten it, but I tried. And he basically, he, he's just like, the star-spangled man with a pan. And it's just like so great. I just like, I found that whole thing very amusing. Um, <laughs> you know, just watching him. He even said it himself, being a dancing monkey. And the thing that I wanted to say that was super significant about this is that it wasn't Pe Peggy helped, right, get him out of that phase. But the thing that really, like, clicked, it really clicked for him that he needs to get out and actually do stuff with his powers was when he found out that Bucky's 107th Regiment um, was, was, like, captured or basically killed. And he was like, what? So he went by himself well I say but he went in by himself but he had the help of like Howard Stark and Peggy to basically fly him over and defeat all these people and get Bucky back like Bucky literally got him out of his star-spangled phase and for that I say thank you Bucky and I also say I'm sorry Bucky that you died <laughs> so you know it was you know that was I think I think it was cool that Bucky was the one who did it. You know, it was a mixture of Bucky and Peggy, Peggy but I feel like it was more Buggy. Um, and then speaking of Bucky's death, train scene, you could actually see the visible heartbreak on Chris Evans' face. Like, oh my God, acting. Chef's kisses, that was amazing. Um, uh, what else? I wanted to say that there was a scene in the film where they were fighting the Hydra agents when they were, this was during the... Um, like, trying to get Bucky's regiment, like, out of, like, encapturement. That's not a word, but I'm going to go with it. Um, and they, one of the Hydra agents goes, on your left. And I was like, I'm not in phase two model right now. Why is that? Why? You're not, you're not Sam Wilson. Why are you saying on your left? I don't know. That was, I found that very, very interesting, considering on your left has become such a staple thing in the MCU that that wasn't even the first time it was said which was in like Captain America Winter Soldier it was actually the first Captain America film so how about that you learn something new every day um last thing I want to say is the CG in some of the fight scenes were kind of choppy like some of the jumps some of the explosions in the back just didn't felt feel really real for like an action film it felt very like superimposed in but I mean, I guess I put that down to budget because considering that these films like had were just like a trial, I guess, of, um, you know, I'm trying to find the budget of this film. It's not it's not going for me. Yeah. So like its budget was was like I say it's a little bit, but like budgets for films are kind of big so it's like it was 140 million right us dollars but then you look at a film like the avengers not the most recent one but the one that i'm going to talk about next and it's like oh my god i just want i just want the budget <laughs> this is so bad and you look at that and it's basically double so you can understand like why I mean, like, the CG isn't super perfect. Um, but yeah, overall, Captain America, First Avenger, I think it's one of the stronger films of the uh, Phase 1 roster. So, yeah, I give it a good round of applause. 
Right, so I guess the final film that we have to talk about is The Avengers, 2012. My oh my, what a film. Um, for starters, budget immensely increased. I already talked about this, and you it shows. Like, the cinematography of this film, the CG in this film, it just felt a lot more polished, a lot more refined. It felt, you know, it just felt better. And I was happy with it. Um, and then also it introduced Mark Ruffalo's, um, Thor in it, and, oh, not Mark Ruffalo's Thor, Mark Ruffalo's Hulk in it, which was great, um, and I think he does an amazing job as the Incredible Hulk, um, he's a lot more unhinged in this film compared to, like, other MCU films, but I feel like that's because they've, he's developed, like, a, I don't know, He's developed more, like, stability in, like, his Incredible Hulking in the future. We'll go with, with that explanation. Um, it is, I think, the, the appeal of the Avengers is, this is, like, the first time we are seeing, like, all these characters together. And it's, it was such an ambitious thing to do at the time, but it was it worked so well. Like, I remember when I watched... The film for the first time um in cinema and i remember like i have like vague memories of it because when i was writing down the notes for this episode and i was re-watching the film like i didn't have like i i probably did see it in cinemas but i didn't have like a proper memory like a good memory of it but there was one scene that i watched and i was like oh my god i remember talking about this in the car home from the cinema which was when hulk grabs loki by his one leg and whips him around and just goes puny god and yeah that's how i know that i i saw that film in cinema and it was like it was memorable so but i feel like if i was a bit older and i watched this film in cinema it would have blown my mind a lot more you know like it's just incredible i think what they did was so ambitious and like it paid off so well uh other things i wanted to say the Avengers theme is born in this film, which is amazing. You know, the... Oh, so good. Such a good score. Like, Alan, the guy who made the score. Oh, so good. Love it, love it, love it. Um, another thing is fanboy Coulson. Oh, my God. It was so adorable Um, when he was, like, fanboying over, over um, Captain America. But then he dies, which is sad. But you can see him Tuesdays on ABC at 7pm on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm just kidding, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is ending now. But that was a whole big thing. And, like, he was, like, actually died, but then he was alive. What? How is Coulson alive? Um, alien DNA. That's all I have to say. Um, so, yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a thing that stemmed off of this film, which was pretty insane. It was trying, like, Marvel's first attempt at TV, which was cool. And I remember watching that as a kid, like, watching it from season one to, like, now. I'm very sad it's ending. Can you tell? I'm like really, really sad it's ending. Um, but you know, Coulson, Coulson's an iconic character. I've seen him more, I've seen more hours of Coulson than I've seen any other um, MCU like cast member. So that says something. Um, Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury in this film, iconic as always. They make him as such a like iconic figure. Head of S.H.I.E.L.D. just has a lot of like cool inventions and like the helicarrier is like oh so cool um 
I feel like when I was watching this film again, you know the first scene where Loki appears from outside of the Tesseract and you just get this like really close up shot of his face and it like he's like smiling but it's like his face is like tilted. Uh, how do I describe it? It's like you can see his eyes are like closer to the camera than like his his mouth. I don't know. It's just a really weird frame. But he does this like really weird smirky smile. And then immediately at that point I'm like they've taken inspiration of the Joker for Loki's character. Which I don't mind but I feel like it's just it was really it was really cool because I though even the even the scene when he's taking um the eye from that dude um he he's just laughing as people are running away and screaming and I was like this is an interesting take on Loki you know making him quite like madman joker-esque but he's also the god of mischief like I mean I'm living for that take it's an interesting take on Loki you know I love we love to see it um now my I've got two more things to say my GCSE English has awoken from inside me because when I was watching this film I was like hold on a second Captain America and Tony Stark are opposites of each other I literally sat there for like so long googling what is what is a fancy word for opposites right and then I got antithesis which is still not the word I was looking for I was like it's something bizarre and random and I was like my English teacher would be so disappointed in me right now I need to remember I need to remember what and I say old English teacher because I didn't do it they live I'm sorry but you know like I'm like come on remember what was it think back to Macbeth, Macbeth days you know Banquo and um and Macbeth you know what are what were they and then it was like foil they were Macbeth was Banquo's foil and I was just like this this is the word I'm looking for so foil is basically just means that like the opposite it's like a fancy word for it but I don't know it just stressed me out and I wanted to say to you guys that's another fancy word for basically saying someone is the opposite of someone so if you want to use that make you sound smart they also may look at you like why are you calling someone else a foil of someone else like tin foil what but it's 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 actually a real thing like captain america definitely is the foil of um tony stark and you see it in so many ways they are literally opposites of each other and like you can see that tension so early on from like this film that a film like Civil War was inevitable. It was inevitably going to happen that some issue was going to be so... That they were going to be have such differing opinions on that would basically make them divided, which is super, super cool. I think um, I like the fact that they basically... They put two polar opposites of people on a team together. Because when you have that and then you're forced to work together, they learn from each other, which is what you see like as the MCU goes on. Which is super awesome. Last thing I have to say, um, which is mainly just a fangling moment for me, is the circle scene. If you don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you know, it's called the Avengers Assemble scene, but I'm calling it the circle scene. You know, when they're all standing in a circle in the battlefield and they're doing the little thing. You know, Black Widow reloads her gun. Hawkeye grabs an arrow. Captain America tightens his shield up. You know, Hulk just like raw and um. Iron Man, I don't know, he turns on his, like, like repulsor beams, I think. Uh, it's just, oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's such a good scene. It will live on to be one of the most iconic MCU scenes ever, in my opinion. 
So overall, I think The Avengers was such a good film. Once again, a top tier phase one film. Um, and I guess now I will talk about really quickly about where my rankings stand for the MCU. So of the five, I'm not going to count The Incredible Hulk. Um, or should I? It's, I mean, an incredible, The Incredible Hulk is going to go at the bottom. But my ranking for phase one MCU films, uh, Iron Man has to be at the top. Then I would say The Avengers. Then I would say Captain America First Avenger. Then I would say Iron Man 2. Then I would say Thor. Then I would say Incredible Hulk. I think that's, that, that's the one I'm going with. So Iron Man, Avengers, Captain America, Iron Man 2, Thor, Hulk. Yeah, that's my ranking. You know, you guys will probably disagree with me. Marvel is like one of those things where everyone has very different opinions on it, depending on like personal experiences, like when you watched it, how you felt, nostalgia, all that stuff. But that's my order. And you guys can tell me your opinions on what you think the best MCU uh, phase one film is. Um, you can just let me know. That'd be pretty cool. Overall, MCU phase one, I feel like purely because of it was the start, like is very iconic, but it is like very, it is, I think the weaker, weaker phase of the MCU films. Um, but I think that's purely to do with just like what they had to work with at the time, which is like completely valid and fair. But I still think, nonetheless, it was an amazing, like, kickstart off to build this cinematic universe. Um, but other than that, I think that wraps up Phase 1 Marvel. It is time for the recommend to the back end segment of the show. So I have two recommends this week. I don't have a to the back end this week. Um, one of them is, like, a lot better than the other, but we're gonna go with it so we've got film and a tv show the tv show is something that came out like super like a while ago but the film is something that literally recently came out but both of them are on netflix and they are netflix originals so first the film the old guard so the old guard came out on netflix oh, very recently and i watched it and although it has quite a bit of flaws like the music the soundtrack of this film was just very all over the place uh did not fit with the vibe um, it was a very enjoyable film, like for a Netflix film, because they Netflix films tend to have not been doing that amazingly. But this one really pleasantly surprised me. I really enjoyed, you know, um, like it was basically it's based on these. It's kind of like a Highlanders type thing, even though I've never seen it. But like a lot of people are described like um, comparing it to the Highlander. Um, and I, I haven't seen it, but it might inspire me to watch it now. And essentially it's like these immortal beings have been living on earth for a very, very long time. And they basically, they, they die, but then they can like regenerate. Um, and, um, they've been like doing good things by like fighting crime and stuff. And, um, that's their purpose. And it just follows the story of them. Uh, basically trying to navigate themselves through the world and help trying like continue trying to do good and it's got some a-list actress actors and actresses in this film so it's definitely worth a watch um i thought it was enjoyable i don't think it's like best film of the year but it's a it's a recommend i would recommend people going to watch this 
My second to the recommend this week is a TV series that is a limited series on Netflix. I don't think they're doing another season to it. If they are, that's pretty interesting. I'd love to see what they would do with it. But it's called Living With Yourself. And the reason why is because I recently watched um, the actors on actors like interview type thing with Chris Evans and Paul Rudd. And um, they were talking about Living With Yourself. And I was like... I really genuinely forgot this series existed. Like, I watched it on... I watched all eight, I think, episodes on a plane somewhere. Um, I think it was America. And it was really good. Like, I really enjoyed it. It's basically the premise is... Paul Rudd's character is kind of like... I want to be a better version of myself. Um, so this... One of his friends recommends him to go to this clinic. Like, this um, this day spa, day spa type thing. Um, and so he goes and yeah, he, it follows like what happens when he, like, he goes to this place because essentially I'll explain the premise of the first episode is that he, he ends up getting cloned. The original version of himself, they end up, um, basically putting him in a bag and leave, dumping him in a forest. And the cloned version basically is like the new and improved one, like goes off into the world pretending to be him. Insane, insane plot. And it gets more and more bizarre as the episodes go on. And I just think it's such a good watch. Um, it's a hidden gem of a, of a, um, <laughs> of a show. Definitely recommend. So I guess now it takes us to the end of the episode. Thank you all for listening um, and enjoying the episode. Uh, I actually just wanted to check. What is next week's episode? Next week's episode is... Ooh, okay. It's a Let's Talk episode on streaming sites, which is super interesting. I have some really cool ideas. Like, we're going to talk about, like, the history of streaming sites and like I don't know it's just such a current thing to talk about because streaming sites are kind of taking over our world and I think it will be super interesting to see um I guess some information that I find out about it to relay on to you guys so that's next week's episode so tune in for that um and then the next one will be continuing on with our, our marvel our marvel theme but gotta have a little bit of a break in there um so I guess I want to say thank you guys for listening thank you guys continuously for your support you guys are absolutely amazing all of you like sharing the podcast you know telling me what you think of different episodes it genuinely makes me so happy and I want you guys to continue doing that so if you haven't already follow uh, my podcast on Spotify and on google Podcasts, but if you don't have either of those you can go on to apple Podcasts and go give it a subscribe there and whilst you're on apple Podcasts, why don't you give a little rating there too a five star rating maybe give a little review as well like explaining why you like the podcast just so other people can see it and continue sharing the podcast you know share it to your friends your family members you know a, per- a random person you see on the street socially distanced though just like show them your phone and be like hey this podcast is great you know, keep sharing it. Um, it. It genuinely makes me happy that I'm making all of you guys happy by sharing my opinions on the film industry because it's what I love to do. I love to talk and ramble on about films that I love. Um, and if you want to contact me on my social medias, you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at DietzWithDieter for both. And um, if you have any recommend to the back end, like suggestions, if you've got any episode suggestion ideas, 
or if you just want to tell me what you think you know definitely don't be shy go for it and I've mentioned this on a few other episodes as well if you want to see all the episode uh, all the films that I've talked about in episode or if you just want to see what I'm watching on a day-to-day basis that I may not talk about in uh, an episode, you can follow me on my Letterboxd account, which is underscore Nandita underscore. You can follow me on there and see what I'm watching, what films I'm liking, what films I'm not liking. Um, and yeah, I guess that's all I really have to say for this week's episode. Uh, thank you guys so much once again, and I will see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.